We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode of Flyers Talk Podcast. As always, Katie Emmer with Jordan Hall for today's edition, Thursday, April 30th. Jordan, we have a lot of content, which is always a good thing. We uh, were joined by the wonderful Travis Sanheim. He's coming up later on in today's episode. We also heard from Ivan Provorov on a conference call today. We also had a uh, joint statement from the NHL and NHL Players Association that was released Wednesday night. We're going to get into and of course, some surprises from Elaine Vino. He always likes to keep it light. But first and foremost, Jordan, how you doing? I always love uh, catching up here twice a week with you. Absolutely, Katie. Always good to see your face, hear your voice. And like you said, we have a fun show. Travis Sanheim coming up. We all got to chat with Ivan Provrov a little bit. Uh, Elaine Vino spoke on Wednesday, so that was nice to hear from the head coach. We always know he's fun. And then, yeah, some news from the NHL. And uh, so, yeah, plenty of plenty to address Katie but how are you doing I am good you know I uh I'll keep saying this every single time every single day is a day closer to um the end of this essentially so trying to keep that light mindset and for all of our our hockey fans or Flyers fans that are listening it's it's good to stay positive just focus on what you can control and it's also good to just lean in on some uh, player interviews and keep things light and fun and, and uh, yeah, stay entertained. So we're definitely uh, bringing that to you later on with Travis Sanheim. But first and foremost, as we both mentioned, Ivan Provorov available to the media earlier today. Um, a lot of interesting bits from uh, the defenseman who has made such a splash this season. He always has, but really this season um, as that top pair defenseman with Matt Niskanen. But what I found most interesting out of a lot of the things he was saying, Jordan, is he is in Wilkes. Uh, yeah, he's in uh, Pennsylvania still with his uh, billet family, um, which was a surprise to me. You know, I didn't know if he was going to be going back home, but the other biggest surprise, he's had an ice sheet to skate on. Yeah, he's, he's been able to skate. We were all kind of like, wow, like one guy, one guy that's actually been able to skate because it uh, seems like the majority of Flyers players and players across the league have not been able to skate. Obviously, it's not easy finding uh, an open rink and a private, you know, a private ice sheet. <laughs> uh, but he was very adamant that he's been skating by himself. Uh, it's not open to the public. Uh, it's just, you know, just him. Uh, and it doesn't sound like he's doing anything arduous or anything of that nature. He's just um, just trying to get into some skating and staying fresh. But if 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 anyone knows Ivan Provorov, it's you know, we all know that he's. He's a workaholic and uh, really works out hard. He trains hard in the offseason. He obviously um, said that he's not training probably as hard as he would in the summer uh, when uh, there's no – when there, obviously he's preparing for a, a next season, but he is training pretty hard, about five to six hours a day, he said. So, uh, so to no surprise, he is working hard and staying at it. But, yeah, it's nice to hear that he's in Wilkes-Barre and he's staying with his old billet family where uh, he first – when he first came over to the States – um, from Russia. That's where he stayed. He played in Wilkes-Barre. Uh, so he's very close to that Bill of family. He was really cool. We, we asked if we could get the, the family's name just to, you know, for, for reference, if we could put it in his story. And he said he, he just kind of wanted to keep their privacy and respect that. So um, he said they're a lovely family, lovely people, uh, and just kind of wanted to keep that uh, to themselves. So it was, it was cool to hear from him and nice to hear he's in the area and he's getting to see yeah you know, his old billet family again. So that's been fun. Um, Katie, can't, can't say you're surprised or we're surprised that uh, he's working out and staying ready. 
Yeah, especially with uh, Taryn filling us in with his pregame, non-game day regimen. I mean, everything. And what was it, too? He was saying about six hours a day is how this routine uh, takes over. And it's just crazy. I uh, The biggest thing with being able to skate, is what I thought about right away, is what an advantage. I mean, a player that's able to skate right now, I have seen a couple other players on Instagram stories um, taking the ice. And, of course, it has to be a private ice sheet. You have to be in an area that you're allowed to do that. But what an advantage for a pro rep to be able to do that. And at the same time, you got to be happy for the guy that, you know, he's far away from home, far away from Russia, but he's able to just hop over um, and, and see his billet family again and sort of take advantage of a time like this. But definitely overall, just good to hear from pro Rob for sure. It's, it's a lot of different news coming. What was kind of the, I said the biggest surprise was him taking the ice. Uh, I, I really like to hear that. And, you know, you talk about his regimen. We had no doubt this guy was going to be staying in shape. Uh, he is, if not one of the most uh, top, I don't even know how to describe it, just like physically and mentally uh, tough people that could sort of get through a time like this. And of course, you would expect that with any guy in the NHL. But I've been pro specifically. I know Taryn was uh, talking about this when she was on with us, but also throughout the season, she was doing a piece on him that uh, hopefully will be coming out soon. Just we're trying to get more of that behind the scenes, what his work is in the tunnels before games. And just, he does like a full on workout before each game, which is crazy. He has like a game before a game, Jordan, but what was the biggest surprise you heard from him today? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, no real surprises. I guess I was kind of curious as to where he was staying. Cause I, I'll say, I know he's from Russia, but I wasn't exactly sure that he would go back to Russia. He's, I think, uh, he lives, uh, I think, in the States uh, during the offseason as well. So I know he's pretty pretty local now, and he calls the U.S. his home, and he has since he was younger. Uh, but I wasn't sure yet. I wasn't sure if he went back to Russia or um, or where he was. Uh, so, yeah, it was great to hear he's in Wilkes-Barre. He's got a really cool story, obviously, coming over here at a pretty young age. And when you, you hear him talk, you, you really don't hear any accent. You, you wouldn't really know. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely from Russia. Um, so he really, he really grew up fast and he works hard, obviously. Uh, a cool thing he told me, I remember when he was, um, he was obviously he hasn't missed a game. He's never missed a game in his NHL career. Uh, going back to 2016, 17, uh, his rookie season. So he has not missed a game. And I was asking him just about what that means to him. And he takes a lot of pride in that. And he said uh, he's just used to playing a lot and not just playing a lot of games, but a lot of minutes. And that goes back to his Wilkes-Barre days. Uh, they used, he said they used to have only five defensemen. So they would play five defensemen. Uh, and they, th that made him just grow accustomed to playing a ton of minutes uh, in a big role. And he's kind of carried that on throughout his entire climb to the NHL, going back to junior hockey. Uh, and then obviously making the NHL. Uh, as a 19-year-old. So we heard a lot about him, about being a minutes eater and playing in all situations. Uh, and then when I heard that, that going back to his Wilkes-Barre days and how hard he trains uh, now in the off-season, lifting tires and <laughs> training weeks after weeks after weeks, barely taking any time off in the summer, um, it really is no surprise that he's able to play the, the amount of minutes that he does, uh, play in all the roles and how he never gets tired. He really is like a machine. I know among the Flyers fan base, they joke that he's like a machine and he never gets hurt. Like it, I feel bad. Anytime he ever like blocks a shot or he's like limping at all, no one doubts that he's coming out. And I feel like one day, like we're going to get surprised when he actually does miss when he misses the game or he misses a shift. But it's like, whenever he goes down, there's never really like, you never hold your breath because you just assume that he's going to come back. That's how crazy it is in terms of his toughness and uh, durability. But uh, yeah. he's getting ready, Katie, for hopefully a resumption of the season, Katie. And, and we heard uh, just on Wednesday, uh, the NHL and NHLPA come out with a joint statement uh, about a possible step towards a resumption. It's nothing firm or set in stone, but they do sort of have a plan in place, uh, Katie. And I'll, I'll go into that real quick because I want to get your thoughts on it. But the plan is, if any, if everything goes as planned, and if they continue to take the positive strides um, during this pandemic, that they hope to put some players back to kind of team activities and facilities together in mid to late May, possibly, 
And then obviously that would hopefully lead to maybe a training camp of sorts in June and then maybe a resumption in July. But overall, all they're saying is that the hope is to get into mid-May, late May, have players come back and maybe have some team, some, some basically some team activities, maybe nothing real formal, uh, but some team activities, players come back, and maybe that could be the start of things, Katie. Um, yeah. I know you had some thoughts on that. Uh, what did you think overall of the plan and the, uh, the statement? Yeah, well, I heard that word you use, uh, hope, and that's such a prevalent word in a time like this. The statement that comes out, it's, it's a hope that, you know, you would see at least players be returning to their facilities and team get-together situations by mid to late May. Um, the biggest thing, Jordan, is I will take any and all updates from the league. Anytime you can hear what the plan is and you can get an inside scoop on, okay, this is what they're thinking now. And of course, all we've really heard about is how the season's going to play out, like the, the playoff format, the four different arenas we touched on on, a, on our other episode. Um, but this one with just the idea of the players getting back, the idea of a resumption of sort of hockey, at least routines, maybe practices, and getting things, the tires kind of moving again. Um, I love the, I love the statement and, and overall any statement you could get is good. I think just that biggest word hope, we have no idea, you know, it's, it's going to be, we might be getting closer to May and, um, here they might extend it, but I'm not going to think that way right now. I'm going to be positive. That's what they say. I love that we can have this, this time frame, Jordan, that we can look at and be like, okay, this could potentially be it because for a moment throughout this, I'll say it for a moment, but it's almost like over a month where we're just kind of like, is the end ever in sight? And you don't really know maybe what the league is thinking about that or the players association, but for them to come out and say, you know what, this is what we're looking at. This is how uh, this may play out. We're going to expect to get things back to normal, maybe get things back uh, together soon by mid to late May is, is a great thing. But hope is the biggest word. And the biggest statement at the bottom or the biggest sentence, Jordan, at the bottom of this statement was that the return to play committee will continue to re- to meet regularly. And I, I said this, Jordan, before we went live, I mean, we, we've talked about this. Just It's great to get, to get any updates, to have someone or, or committees or groups that are at least giving ideas. And that went for the playoff formats from the league we're hearing about. And now also for just the return to play committee. Um, you got to love the name of that committee overall. I mean, it's just like, I love it. Like pucks deep committee right there. Like they, they want to get pucks deep back and roll it. No, but in all seriousness, um, the fact that there are things working behind the scenes, things, people, um, and, and different committees working behind the scenes, I think is a great thing. Uh, I, I know though that, that word hope, Jordan, it's a little, you, you don't know, but you can definitely keep high hope after getting a statement like that. Yeah. And I think what you said, Katie, um, hits the nail on the head and, and with, with the NHL, I think they realized they were as tough as the situ- situation is and that they really can't make any profound decisions on when we're coming back to play where, et cetera they were kind of leaving their players kind of hung out to dry for a little bit. They just weren't really giving them any idea whatsoever. And I think you could kind of hear some frustration at times from some of the players of like, yes, we understand that this is a unpredictable situation. Um, it's unprecedented, but they really just didn't have any, any clarity at all. And I felt like they, the players felt like they were, getting their tidbits of news from like media outlets and reports and nothing from the actual league. So what does the league do? They did a good job of saying, all right, let's start to control the narrative a little bit. Um, and I think that's what they had to do. They had to come out and they were very, they, they were extremely delicate in their statement, very judicious. They didn't go out and make a bold prediction. They said, okay, here's what we're hoping for. If we continue to make these positive strides, we have not made any decisions yet, but here's what we're looking at. And at we least believe that, that play could resume. It's just any, I love that. You're completely right. The way they put it together. Right. And at least the players now have an idea. Okay. You know, the calendar's about to turn to May and the league is hoping that we can at least get back to team facilities in mid to late May. So now the players just have an idea of a possible roadmap um, for yeah. the season to, to, to resume. Whereas before, I really think they'd had no idea. And they, if anything, they were just getting random reports from different media outlets with all these scenarios and ideas. And is this, is this, uh, is there any legs behind this? Or is this just kind of an idea floating in the air? 
now the league kind of is controlling the narrative and at least they're giving their players some ideas. So some ideas. So that's a positive. Uh, Didn't it put you in sort of a, a better mood in a way? Like I know fans on Twitter that just love to sort of get that update. And you talk about roadmap for the players, but for overall, the fans, again, there's so many uncertainties. Are fans going to be able to attend these games? But just the fact of a puck being dropped on center ice and a goal horn going off, essentially, maybe. I don't even know if that'll happen, but I would think a goal horn could happen, um, uh, you know, with all the uncertainties going on if hockey does resume. I would hope they still throw a goal horn on. Duh. Yeah, right? Do you put a goal horn on if there aren't any fans? I yeah. You do, right? You have to. I mean, but anyway, you get what I mean. The the sights and sounds of hockey, um, the roadmap for for us too is covering, you know, this team covering this league and sports in general and fans. You just love to get some sort of an update. And I think, you know, getting that from the league and from the Players Association was awesome. Absolutely, Katie. And another sight to see was Elaine Vigneault's beard. Ah, yes. And just hearing from Elaine (laughs) Vigneault. Hey, we, we've had so much fun with, with Elaine Vigneault in year one. He's, uh, as a lot of writers and media members like to say, he's a good quote. Um, he's a great quote. You, you want to hear from him every day. And we went an extended period of time of not hearing from him. Uh, but we got a glimpse of his beard. He let that thing grow, which is oh awesome. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, and it was great just to hear from him, uh, see how he's doing, what he thinks about the Flyers and how – you know, if there if there is a resumption, he believes they can you know pick back up where they left off, and he was very adamant about, hey, I'm going to have them ready. Give us two weeks, we will be ready, and we're going to pick up where we left off. And it was really cool to hear him say that uh, they can play their part by not only being smart during this time and staying home, but when they come back, the Flyers can play their part in terms of uplifting the spirit of the city by being ready to play and having energy. And I thought that was kind of cool. You, you you hear so much concern about. Uh, are are they ever going to come back to play? How will the players respond to no fans possibly in the building? Sound like Elaine Vigneault really wanted to come back and really uplift the spirits of the city by having this team ready to play and having them ready to win. Uh, Katie, what did you think about some of his thoughts uh, the other day? (laughs) First and foremost, this beard, um, we're fans and and our listeners, we asked Travis Sanheim about it. That'll be coming shortly. You'll want to hear what his reaction was to his coach's beard, witnessing that. Um, I, I loved what the Flyers did on Twitter. I thought that was amazing (laughs) just before and after. I think we all could have sort of like a quarantine look like, you know, throughout the day, like I would be in a robe essentially and, and look different than I would uh, for a pre or post game show. We all have a different look, but Hey, I can't have a playoff beard going like Elaine Vigneault. I say playoff beard, Jordan, like the Flyers would be in the playoffs. This guy isn't, he's not messing around. He's, he's doing it the way he wanted to do it. At least you would like to think that he uh, is on that mindset, but no, you love to hear from the coach. And I mean, God, don't take this a weird way, but like, it was nice to hear his voice again. Like yeah. when you hear, when you hear an interview from Elaine Vino, like you mentioned, it's been such a fun season. First year covering him um, with the Flyers. He's a very transparent coach. He keeps things light in the dressing room, specifically with media. Um, but just to, yeah, have that kind of refreshing tone again from Elaine Vino, um, just assuring that, you know, they're ready to get back to business when the time comes. Um, one of the other biggest things is he, he talked about him and his players. Like they don't really share frustrations. Of course we heard Ivan Provorov say today, like he's disappointed They you know, they were having one of the best years, you know, for him um, with this flyers team, but Elaine Vino just, you know, saying there's no frustrations, like they're just ready to keep their eye on the prize. I think that's one of the most important um, mindsets to really have in a time like this, Jordan, like, no one prepares you. Even this guy with a heavy NHL coaching resume, you, you wouldn't be prepared for a situation like this where your players can't take the ice and you got to keep everyone on the same page. Don't you think Elaine Vigneault is one of the best guys for that right now to guide your team through it and just get back to business in Philadelphia when the time comes? Indeed, Katie. He's a true leader. Um, through, through good and bad, he leads. Uh, you've heard a lot of times when the Flyers were having a tough time or going through a rough patch, he was there to step up and say, we're going to figure it out. And I'm confident that we're going to figure it out. We're going to make the playoffs. Um, even during Oscar Lindblom's situation, when he was diagnosed with cancer mid-December, Vigneault brought everyone back up and mentioned Lindblom's smile and said, Oscar's a strong guy and uh, we're a strong community and we're going we're gonna to beat this with him and he's going to be back with us. So yeah, he's, he's a true leader. He absolutely is. I think he personifies leadership because he's been doing this for a long time. So 
so knows how to exude confidence. Uh, and I thought it was really cool to hear him say that he shares no frustration and he doesn't think his players should either. I feel like during this time, we hear that kind of regurgitated statement of this is bigger than hockey, which is very true. And it's great to hear that, but it can kind of become almost a cliche. But I want to definitely tease Taryn Hatcher's interview with him. Hopefully we can uh, get into that in a minute. But he was passionate about that. He was very passionate. You could hear the, um, you could definitely hear the emotion in his voice of saying, hey, this is, you know, this is hockey. This is a sport. Um, there's much more going on in this world. Uh, local businesses are taking a, a super hit, a super big hit. Uh, there's people out there on the front lines risking their lives right now. And he said, we should share no frustration. All we can do is play our part and be ready to go when we're allowed to play hockey again. And then their part would be, you know, giving their best out on the ice because they have no reason not to. You know, there's people that are going through things much worse. So I thought it was really cool. And that definitely, Katie, exactly hit on that term that you mentioned, leadership. He came out and really led the way there and said, hey, we will not be frustrated. We will not show frustration if we do come back and play. We'll be ready to go and be ready to play passionately for the city of Philadelphia. So I thought that was really cool. And if we could, yeah. let's get into that interview real quick. Uh, Elaine Vigneault's comments to our own Taryn Hatcher. One of the reasons that, that we were having the success that we were was because, you know, originally we had talked about uh, we need to progress individually and, and collectively as a team. We had a lot of young players that hadn't reached their prime yet that were, uh, you know, working on becoming the best hockey players that they could be. You combine that with we had a lot of veteran players that were highly motivated, that they wanted to prove that they could win. You put those two together, you have the right attitude, the right work ethic, the right preparation, and you progress. And that's what we were doing. And I think from November on, we've been with Boston and Tampa, uh, you know, one of the best teams in the league. As far as, you know, feeling any sense of, of frustration uh, because the season has been suspended and, you know, our climb to the top has been put on hold, I, I do not feel any frustration and I don't think I should or any of our players should with what the world is going through, what people are going through at this time, the challenges that are out there for society and individually for some uh, businesses and for, for some people, uh, there's a lot bigger things than, than hockey right now. I, I don't think we should look at it as, as being frustrated. It is what it is. Uh, we've got a part to do right now, and our part is to stay home, to stay safe. That's what we have to do. And once we're called upon to get back at it, we will be ready and we'll be in the same boat as everybody else, same amount of time, same parameters, and uh, trust me, uh, once we start, we'll be ready. That was Flyers head coach Elaine Vigneault talking to our own Taryn Hatcher. Katie, as Vigneault said, the players will not, uh, he does not want his players to feel frustrated uh, when they come back to play. He wants them to have uh, energy and a preparedness to them and, uh, and do that for fans and for people that need sports as a venue, uh, you know, to, um, to get back to some normalcy. Uh, the Flyers were doing that before uh, this break, Katie. They were a fun team to watch, um, a lot of surprises, uh, a lot of positives, uh, a team that we really enjoyed following. The city was really, really starting to rally behind. And it brings us into a topic that we wanted to touch uh, and ones that a topic that we had some difficulty uh, finding our answers for because – Quite frankly, there's been a ton of positives and not a lot of negatives to this team. There really has not. So what we are going to do here is address our biggest surprise with the Flyers this season, 2019-20, and our biggest disappointment in 2019-20. Katie, I want to get your biggest surprise first. I love this, Jordan. We should always start with the positives. It's always good to just be optimistic. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll get into maybe some disappointments later, but the overall thing right now is it's a great problem to have. I think you maybe shared the same thing. It's hard to pick one thing. Uh, there's so many surprises and so many positives that we've seen from this team. Um, already this season, the biggest thing for me would be the bottom six guys. Uh, your guys like Tyler Pitlick and Nick Obey, Cubell, Scott Lawton, Michael Roffel, um, 
And even seeing guys like Derek Grant and Nate Thompson jump into that bunch as well. Um, overall, the bottom six, the way they've been contributing at times to helping out with the top guys. If the scoring wasn't from your top leaders, it came from the bottom six all season long. They've just been easy to rely on. And um, I do find that they have been the biggest uh, surprise for me, the biggest positive. And that surprise, again, just was even more exemplified when Derek Grant and Nate Thompson were added into the bunch. So that would be it for me. What would be the biggest positive in your eyes? Giddy, I really like that one, especially with the mention of Derek Grant. That was a guy that when the Flyers acquired him, <clears throat> when excuse me, when the Flyers acquired him at the trade deadline, uh, I think a lot of people saw you know, a 29 year old, uh, second half rental for real cheap, $750,000 a year. And he could be a UFA and maybe, you know, you know, have him. And if, if things go well, uh, or if they don't, you can just let them walk. But we saw, we, we saw a lot in a short stint. And I think the Flyers will now re, re, really consider, uh, re-signing him this offseason. So what a surprise there in terms of that whole bottom six, great points there for mine, Katie, I think mine will be a little grabbing for some people, but uh, Matt Niskanen to me has been a surprise. Uh, I really like the acquisition, uh, but I think a lot of us were out there thinking uh, how much does he have left in his tank? Uh, we didn't really know him personally. We weren't, obviously we had never been around him day to day like we are now. And uh, I've just been really blown away at some of the contributions he had for this team Uh we knew of his pedigree and we knew that he had won a Stanley cup with the capitals. He had played in a ton of postseason games, but this guy has done so much for this team. And not only that to boot, he's having one of his best offensive seasons of his career and he's 33 years old. Uh, but he plays on their power play. He's made that better. He plays on their penalty kill. He's made that better. And even strength, he's been incredible. And his, his just everything about him has rubbed off on the entire defensive group, particularly Ivan Provorov. Uh, we've heard the coaches say time and time again how important he has been for the young Ivan Provorov and his rebound season this year. Uh, just the contributions that Niskin has made. I really, really thought he was going to be good, but I didn't think he'd be this good and have this well-rounded of an impact. Uh, I think he's been everything to this team, especially at even strength in the way he moves the puck up ice, the way he keeps them in the offensive zone They're, If you watch him and Ivan, Ivan Provorov play uh, seldom, are they really sitting back in the defensive zone, struggling to get yeah. the puck out? They're constantly pushing it North. Uh, and I think young players and old players, they all look up to him and he doesn't go around. He he's mentioned it. We've asked him like, do, do guys ever ask you about your Stanley cup ring? And he's like, nah, yeah, they brought it up from time to time. You could tell he was a little hesitant to talk about it. I don't think he's, he's, so humble. Yeah, he's far from the boastful yeah. type. Uh, but I think guys really look up to him. They know that he's won a Stanley Cup and he's been there, done that. Uh, and I think they, they look after him and they see how he goes about his business. And I think uh, he's had a significant impact. And to me, that's going to be my biggest surprise. But Katie, we have to hit on disappointments. We have to hit on that. Um, I know. Pros and cons I don't want to. <laughs> Katie, we won't we won't bury these people into the ground. It's not what we want to do, but we know there this a part of this segment is a positive and a negative. So if you could pick one of your bigger disappointments of this season, uh, give it to us and why. Yeah. So I mean, like you mentioned too, I never like to get too uh, too down on anything. So when I say a disappointment here, I mean I just mean you maybe would just expect more. And we understand, you know, it's not the biggest sample size. The the season's on a hold right now. You don't have a full season to look back on. But as of now, my biggest disappointment is uh, Shane Goss's bear. I just feel like, of course, injuries have followed him um, this season. And, and uh, Jordan, we've seen the frustration. We know he shares with it too. We saw him leave that that practice um, with his uh, just the bothering of his knee. Um, so things just with that, I understand, aren't easy to overcome. I just would expect maybe a little bit more from him. And, of course, it, it was like, Jordan, he was going to get back into that again. But, of course, now the season's on a hold. But overall, just kind of just disappointed with what we're seeing. 12 points out of him in 42 games, of course, you know, not so much expected to have your defensemen scoring. But it certainly helps. And looking at his overall career so far, I mean, it is one of the lowest uh, seasons he's had. And, again, I know it's 42 games fans. I'm not ripping too much, um, but I think I could just expect maybe a little bit more out of Shane Gossespierre and 
Jordan, hopefully when this season will be back and running, hopefully it's the same for Shane Goss to spare. This may be a time really, I say maybe, but you're resting. You're able to really um, recuperate and everything like that. So uh, I'll, I'll put a little positive on my disappointment there, but uh, I think it is always good to have a, a positive light in different situ- situations. So I think in this um, quarantine phase, this um, hard time to have the season on a hold, it, it's a good time for Shane Gossespierre to really get back uh, into it physically and just be ready to go when play does resume. But for you, what has been your biggest um, disappointment this season? Yeah, Katie, like you said, this is not an easy one, and that's a good thing for the Flyers that they really had way more positives than negatives. But like you said, I think Shane Gossespierre would even admit that his that this season has been incredibly frustrating for him on the health front and on obviously the production side. That guy's used to putting up points and producing. He had 65 points just two years ago. So yeah. I think these, these negatives, uh, some of these – aspects that we're hitting on the players would even, you know, admit to it that they, that they are frustrated themselves. Uh, for me, um, I'll, I'm going to pick two guys and they kind of relate to each other because they are two first round picks of the flyers, Samuel Moran and Nolan Patrick, uh, two really difficult situations for both of those players. Uh, we're not picking on them by any means, but they are two first round picks and they probably expect a lot of themselves. And obviously when, you are a first round pick. The fan base expects a lot too. Uh, they expect eventually these picks to become players. And unfortunately we did not see strides in that this season. Samuel Moran, unfortunately a really good kid, a very upbeat joy to be around uh, guy works hard, but he suffered a second torn ACL uh, in as many seasons. And you hate to see that, but he only played one game this season and then tore his ACL and a conditioning stint. And that's a shame. It's a, you know, a big, tall defenseman that fans are still holding on to and they're hoping that he can eventually be, you know, become a, a steady NHL defenseman. And unfortunately, they only saw him play one game this season uh, and he has a second 20 CL. So really tough to see there for fans. I think you were hoping that he would at least stay healthy this year and we would see kind of see him in the picture. That did not happen. The good thing is uh, Chuck Fletcher expects him to be healthy for the start of next training camp end season. So that's exciting. Let's hope Samuel Rang can once again, work his way back. Good for him for getting, for getting back and hopefully uh, contributing next year. And for Nolan Patrick, really tough situation. Migraine disorder that he's dealing with has not played a game this year. Uh, it was nice to see him starting to practice with the team before the stoppage. Uh, we saw some positive strides there on that front, but you know, a 2017 first round pick number two overall, and, uh, and, and did some nice things in his first two NHL seasons. And you were kind of expecting him to, to really make uh, a bit of a splash this year, especially with the more depth at center. You would thought that would maybe ease off some pressure. Uh, but unfortunately, he's diagnosed with a migraine disorder before the, uh, the preseason and training camp starts. And we just don't get a chance to see him play a game. That is incredibly tough for him and obviously for fans and uh, for all of us watching the Flyers, uh, we were certainly expecting him to play and and make an impact this year, and we just haven't seen it. Uh, so we yeah. are definitely all hoping that Nolan Patrick can eventually get back to playing and play the game that he loves. Uh, but we just have not seen it yet. Uh, but we yeah. shall see uh, when and if the NHL season resumes, if Nolan will be able to practice more, and maybe will he be able to actually play. Time will tell. We do not know yet. Uh, but yeah, those are for me. Those are two first-round picks that combined to play one game, and for everyone involved, I think that is disappointing. You're hoping to yeah, see first-round picks. Look, look at another thing too, Jordan. Our disappointments have to do with again Shane Gossespierre um, and Nolan Patrick and Samuel Moran. These all have to do with injuries, um, yeah. and so a time like this with these disappointments we mentioned, um, I feel like, like I said too earlier with Gossespierre, this is a positive. There's a bright spot that. These players are all resting. Um, you have the whole team resting, but specifically the guys that are trying to get back from injury. And again, with Nolan Patrick, so many uncertainties, but hopefully this too is a time for him to just relax and unwind. I think overall, this is a benefit for players um, in different teams too, that you're looking at with injuries that might end up being a threat here if playoffs do resume. Um, but overall, just you could expect just having full healthy rosters again. Sam Moran, uh, ACL is not, you're not going to be hopping back out on there, uh, soon, but 
you're really able to, to focus on uh, just nursing your injuries in a time like this, Jordan. I think uh, these disappointments could turn around um, soon here and having healthy guys certainly is a positive on a negative. And Katie, like we said, if, if we talk to all three of those guys, they would all admit frustration and disappointment. That's um, as tough as it has been. Uh, it's, it's even, you know, for the flyers and for fans, probably itching to watch these guys play. It's even more frustrating for them. These are things that they really can't control in terms of health and injuries. And they just haven't been able to get to the, get on the ice and you know, they want to, but speaking of uh, surprises, Katie and positives, Travis Sanheim has been a major one, continue to make strides this season after winning most improved player last season for the Flyers. He is a promising up and coming defenseman for them, was having a very strong season before the stoppage. We got to hear from him today, Katie, and we are really excited just to pick his brain on a number of topics and see what he's been up to. Let's get into that interview. Here's Travis Sanheim on the Flyers Talk podcast. All right, and now we have Travis Sandheim joining us. Travis, thank you for hopping on to the Flyers Talk podcast today with Jordan and I. Um, A lot of questions we want to get uh, answered by you. We haven't heard from you in quite some time. Hope you've been well. First one is, are you back in Manitoba with the family, or what have you been up to? Yeah, um, I'm back in Manitoba. Kind of as soon as we got noticed that we could leave the city, I think a lot of guys kind of took off, and uh, me and Nolan caught a flight to, to Winnipeg, and uh, so I've been back in Brandon. Um, I actually haven't really seen my family. They're out in Elkhorn. Uh, I did my self quarantine here in Brandon. I have a house here. This is where I train and, and skate in the summer. So this is where I spend most of my time. And, um, as for them, they're still working and, uh, I got some young nieces and nephews and stuff out there and, and older grandparents. So I didn't really want to, uh, you know, head out that way and, uh, you know, start seeing those guys and visiting those guys. So I've been doing a lot of FaceTiming and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah, it's nice to be back here and kind of relaxed and a lot quieter here than uh, I'm sure it is in Philly. Yeah, how's it been, Travis, with uh, just trying to stay in shape, working out? Uh, how have you been able to do that? Yeah, it's obviously a lot trickier. You, you don't get to get on the ice every day. Um, it's hard to stay in shape that way, and um, I guess there's no real answer for that. But, uh, you know, as soon as I got home, I, I kind of got on the phone and uh, tried to find some equipment that I could. and. Uh, so I've kind of made a little bit of a makeshift uh, gym in my garage and, um, you know, got a few weights and, and uh, bike and stuff. So uh, u- using what I can right now and uh, trying to do the best that I can. Yeah, certainly a time to be creative. We were talking about Drew. He was on some like, what was it, Jordan? A home bike? He was just in his... Uh... Oh, it's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just getting going. Yeah. Um, you got to be creative, but definitely good to be in shape, but just getting into your overall growth, uh, your third season in the league, third season with the flyers, how much do you feel you've developed this year in comparison to your first year in the league? Yeah, I think just, uh, you know, being my third year and a lot more comfortable and, and, uh, you know, knowing the team, knowing the situation, the, the city, the league, uh, just being a lot more comfortable. And I think, uh, you know, it's taken me a little bit to, to get to where I am, but, uh, I'm definitely taking steps forward and, and I'm happy with where I'm at and going to try to continue to, to grow. And I think there's still a lot left there to, that's, that's, uh, you know, capable out of me. And, um, you know, we got a good group right now and, uh, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun in Philly. Hey, Travis, how, how, um, this system, how, how much does it play to your strengths of getting up the ice and kind of using your skating and skill and all that ability? Yeah, for sure. I think that's that's today's NHL is is you have to have guys in the back end contribute and jump up, and you see that every day. And um, for me, that's that's something that's been a huge part of my game um, since the early stages, and something that I don't want to ever you know lose in my game. And uh, it's it's just a matter of finding the right chances and then times in the game where it makes sense, and not trying to be too high risk. So. Um, you know, I think I've made my fair, mis- fair mistakes over the course of my first you know, few seasons, but I think you can definitely see in year three that, uh, you know, I'm making smarter reads and, and uh, a lot more comfortable being able to jump up. Travis, what is it about Sergei Bobrovsky? I have six goals against him in the last two seasons. Like what, what's going on and, and how, uh, how does this success come about whenever you play against this goaltender? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, obviously, the, the first two games where I scored two goals, um, I think it was just a coincidence. And then after that, I think you got the guys in the dressing room talking about it, and uh, you just kind of get extra fired up, I think, for those games when 
you know, you've had that success, and for some reason, it, it tends to uh, happen every time I play them. I'm not sure why, but uh, you know, obviously, I enjoy playing against them. Hey, you'll take it, right? Yeah, yeah. I wish there was more goalies. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the dressing room, Travis, um, what has it been like uh, getting to know Matt Niskanen, a guy that's won a cup, and it seems like he's a quiet leader, but um, a, a guy I'm sure everyone looks up to. Yeah, he's uh, he's a guy that I sit next to uh, at our home rink there in Philly, and uh, getting to know him and um, you know the way he is, and obviously he's, he's quiet. Uh, uh, vocally and, and, uh, stuff, but I mean, sitting next to him, you get to see his character and, uh, you know, he does got that side of him that, uh, he is quite funny and, um, he's got a lot of wisdom and then, you, you know, when he speaks up, you, you tend to listen and, um, you know, he's taught me a lot over the course of the year and, and, uh, the experiences that he's been through and, um, you know, it's just cool watching him and, and how he handles every situation. It doesn't really seem like he, he gets too high or too low and, uh, he does a great job handling that. Yeah, the uh, the blue liners have been a big subject this year. You've been a part of that success. Just how much the improvements have happened specifically this season. You talked about Niskanen also adding Justin Braun into the mix. But all of you guys, what's the biggest difference and what's been helping out so much with the success specifically this season? Yeah, obviously we brought in um, Bronner and, and Niski and, and those guys have kind of stabilized their our decor. And I think us young guys have, have come along nicely and um, – you know, it's it's not year one anymore. It's it's uh, you know time to get going, and uh, guys are stepping up and playing bigger roles. And uh, I think you're seeing that, and, and uh, you know it's it's making for a nice decor. Travis, I wanted to ask you about Elaine Vigneault. Uh There was a stretch earlier in the season uh, where you had a, a bit of a rough time w- with your skating, which and we were all very surprised because we know how skating is one of your biggest strengths, but, uh, AV showed a ton of confidence in you even during that time. Um, how nice was that to have that confidence from your head coach and just what has it been like playing for him? Yeah, for sure. Obviously that was a rough stretch and, uh, could have easily, you know, tear it into me or, or sat me or, you know, a lot of different situations. And, um, you know, he stuck with me. He, he knew that it was, uh, you know, that, that, that was uncharacteristic and, um, you know, that I was going to get through that. And, um, you know, same thing with Yosi. I think they were both, um, you know, trying to help me and support me and knew that it was, you know, obviously a rough situation, something that, uh, doesn't happen often. So, uh, it was nice that they stuck with me and then the way they handled that situation. And, uh, obviously it worked out for the best. Travis, have you seen your coach's playoff beard by chance? Uh, I saw it yesterday. Yeah, I did. How would you grade it? Scale of one to 10. It was pretty good. I was actually pretty surprised. (laughs) Oh, I think we all were, but just overall with this coach, um, what's it been like? You touched on it right there. uh, The trust he has in his players and you and how you felt that. What's it like to play under him for the whole dressing room? What's the vibe like under Elaine Vigneault? Yeah, it's been great. I think he's, he's come in. He's, he's, uh, you know, I've got a certain way about him that uh, the way he handles teams and uh, he's got a lot of experience. So, um, you know, he knows how to win and, and that's something that, uh, we, we were looking for going into the season. We want to, wanted to take that next step. And I think he's done a great job handling us as a group and, um, knowing which guys, you know, he can push maybe a little bit harder guys that, uh, you know, he's got to maybe lay off a little bit and, uh, he just knows how to handle the, the group and the bench. And, um, you know, he's been a great asset for our team. He's, uh, Travis, he's put a lot of confidence, uh, in you and Phil Myers as well. Uh, with a guy like Myers, just you played with him back going back to Lehigh Valley, just with a, a guy like that, with his size and his ability, just how high is, uh, is Phil Myers' ceiling to you? Yeah, I think, uh, I think he's a great defenseman. I think he's got a ton of, ton of uh, room left to grow, and I think you're, you're only seeing him um, you know, get to that, uh, slowly get to that surface. And I think that he's, uh, you know, being able to play with him in Lehigh is, it definitely helped me. I thought, uh, you know, as a group or as a pairing, we, we've continued to grow throughout the year. And, um, you know, hopefully we get to play together for a long time. And, um, you know, I know he's going to be a great defenseman. He is a great defenseman right now. And uh, just how big he is, how strong he is, um, you know, his ability, his skating ability, his ability to get up the ice. He, he does a lot of things great. And, um, you know, when he puts it all together, I think he's going to be one heck of a defenseman. We're hoping, I think we all are hoping, there's going to be more top moments to come for the remainder of this season. But so far, Travis, specifically this year, 
what has been the, the highlight for you as a player and maybe just on this team? I don't know, the biggest thing. Maybe after the holiday road trip, you guys turned things around the Brad Marchand flubbing on a puck. Like, what's been the coolest thing, like the, the top moment of this season so far? Uh, you know, I think that stretch where, uh, yeah, we got it home from that California trip, and I think we played a lot of tough teams. And um, I think our ability to, to, to step up in those games and then win those games, and uh, it really uh, started us in the right direction um, towards, you know, where we're at now. And, um, you know, it's put us in a good spot moving moving towards the playoffs. And, um, you know, obviously we hope that we can get back and, and get playing and play in the playoffs and, um, you know, get back to where we were. And I think that was, you know, the biggest part of the year. And it was just fun playing in those games. We went, we went to the rink having fun every day. The dressing room was great. Guys were having fun, um, you know, laughing lots. And I think that's the best part is when you're enjoying hockey, um, you know, and then winning hockey games. And of course, adding a couple on uh, Bob there too. I'm sure it's nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you talked about this team. It's been so much fun just to be around it, to watch you guys. So we have to ask, we, we've heard some rumors about this group chat being uh, pretty active, uh, the Flyers group chat. Uh, how busy is that chat and who's the one that kind of keeps it going? Hazy's for sure the one that yeah. keeps it going. Every day I think he writes in there that he misses the boys. So, um, yeah, no, there's a lot of chatter going on in there, um, you know, especially as of late with, with everything that's going on. And uh, But, no, there's lots of laughs, lots of videos, and, and uh, stuff like that that's getting thrown in there. So, uh, we're still staying in touch, and um, you know, there's a lot of character guys on our team that uh, tend to uh, make everyone laugh. Kevin, I know, is uh, pretty proud of his video game success, um, specifically maybe with Joel um, and, and just other team players that are hopping on. Are you a video gamer at all? Is this? Uh, uh, I was. I used, to, I used to be a big video gamer. I, I, I usually don't when I come back home uh, in, in the summertime. I, I don't like to touch the Xbox, but uh, since being back home and being stuck inside. I've played a little bit, but I haven't played a ton. <laughs> Travis, I remember at, uh, at development camp, before you had even made the team, um, I think a summer trade happened in the NHL and someone asked about it and like you knew the trade off the top of your head. <laughs> and it kind of told me, I'm like, wow, like Travis definitely watches and follows hockey. So how, how often are you watching hockey, NHL network? Uh, it seems like you definitely are a hockey nut for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guys in the dressing room seem to call me Bob uh, and Bob McKenzie. So uh, any sort of news that they need, they usually try to run it by me and, and see if I got anything. And uh, yeah, I just, I just enjoy watching it. You like to stay up to date. I like to know what's going on. And um, you know, I'm always uh, on Twitter or watching games uh, on TV or stuff like that. So uh, I stay up to date. I enjoy what's going on. And uh, that's just something that uh, when I was younger that I liked doing. Um, is there any possible chance you can fill us in on Raffles haircut? Like, I know it probably isn't as bad now as it was, whatever, two, three weeks ago. And I'm not saying bad. I don't even know if it's good or bad. We can't get any insight. Um, Joel yeah. almost told us, but can you describe what this looked like? Yeah, I actually haven't seen it yet. I guess it was uh, thrown on Snapchat, so I haven't seen it, but I've only heard okay. about it. And uh, I'm sure if we get back to Philly here in the in the next uh, few weeks, it'll be it'll be good to see it. <laughs> Travis, I wanted to ask a little bit too about uh, your background. I believe you did some farming when you were growing up, right? Yeah, we still do. Okay, nice. Did, did, how did that come about and what did you like about it? And did it kind of instill like a work ethic in you uh, with hockey as well? Yeah. So we have a family farm and um, that's just something that I've grown up with. My, my dad uh, has done it his whole life. So uh, he's taught us at a young age to, to work and uh, work on the farm and, and do stuff like that. So we've been uh, running tractors and combines and uh, helping out as much as we can. And, uh, you know, I remember when we were younger and, and harvest having to miss school days and, uh, stay home and, and get the, get the crops off. So, uh, obviously when I switched to junior and, uh, had to leave in August, I wasn't able to, uh, to do the harvest anymore. But, uh, since playing in the NHL, I don't really have to go back till September. So I try to get a little bit, uh, or as much as I can in it while I'm still here. And, um, actually right now we're going to start seeding hopefully next week. So, uh, I can definitely help out, uh, right now. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's cool. Well, keep up all the great work, uh, Travis. And hopefully, like you mentioned right there, we're, we're back 
in action, seeing you guys all back in action very soon. Um, hopefully, you know, every day, it's just a day closer to the end of this. But in the meantime, continue to stay safe. Um, and Jordan and I, thank you so much for hopping on with us on the Flyers Talk podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Stay safe, guys. NBC Sports Philadelphia podcasts are now on the My Teams app. Listen to Eagle Eye, Sixers Talk, Phillies Talk, and Flyers Talk now. That was so fun to have Travis on, Jordan. Um, good to see some smiles coming from the defenseman, too, and he should have them. We talked about it there, just the strides he's taken this season. Um, super exciting to see sort of what the ceiling is for him. I know you asked about Phil Myers, but what his ceiling will be for the Flyers, just seeing the success he brought um, in his third season in the league. But one of the biggest things is that farming. you got to love hearing that. Like, what an overall just farm uh, kid helping out with the family. It's things like that that – you don't really um, hear a lot about, especially with guys in the NHL. I would like to think like if he's like throwing hay bales, if he's doing other things and guys, trust me, I, I grew up in a very, you know, outside countryside part of Minnesota. So I've been around farming. I just don't know as much about it for our listeners out there, but he's talking about the combine and the tractors, like heavy machinery, this kind of stuff though, uh, that kind of work you would think would build, you know, his toughness out there and just really help out with like what he's been able to do. Yeah, it's cool, Katie, to hear him say he's like, yeah, we still do farming. Like, I, it yeah. wasn't something I did when I was younger, and I totally abandoned it now that I'm in the NHL. He's an NHL player um, that still loves to farm, takes pride in it, and he's going to continue to do it. I think it's really cool. He never lost, you know, never lost his roots. Um, and what a down-to-earth guy. Yeah, just loves to watch hockey, farm, you know, does farming. Um and uh, just a promising uh, guy in the Flyers organization. So good for him. Great to have yeah. him on. Uh, and, and Yeah, always great. And hopefully we'll continue again to just get more players, hear uh, their side, what they're up to, whether it's video games or just helping out with anything around the house like Couturier. But um, always good to hear from a player that we can get on the podcast. And Travis, again, was such a, a, a joy to have on today. So Jordan, I talk about joy. You're such a joy to hang out with. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your day. I, I hope, again, we just keep getting some positive vibes from the NHL. Um, and I hope you have a great weekend. Katie, thank you so much. As I always say, but I mean it wholeheartedly. Great to hear your voice. Great to see your face. And that I'll is- I'll pay you later. I'll send you a Venmo later. I appreciate that. Yeah, please that. do. Last time you were late on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Katie Emmer, thank you. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and subscribe, and we can't wait to talk to you next time. Cool.